0: Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be. Nebula is the streaming service that's home to It's Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part, all of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with ET, you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part, by signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probably not you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens.
1: Questions. We all have them. I'm going to open this one like a TED Talk. <laughs> Questions. We all have them. What is your favorite color? Why is the sky? And most importantly, who's the best host on this show? Oh boy. Oh no. What did I do? Yeah. You just
0: put out, you just, you just put out a dangerous question to the world that I don't I know. Did. think either of us has like Both of our imposter syndrome is not ready to handle
1: the answer to it. (laughs) I I know the answer immediately. See, the thing is, I think I know the answer, too. No, the answer answer is Al. See, I'm bringing in the third party. Al the Space Potato, our unofficial mascot. If we call it the the mascot, I think it's official. I don't think you get more official than the
0: host calling
1: it. What if our first piece of of merch is is like a plushie of Al the Space Potato? Is that allowed? Are we allowed to do that? it can't be copyrighted right okay it's either going to be that or
0: um if we can find the line to this this is this is the this the like uh dream merch in my mind okay um, because I have been wanting for years to make a Tristan bobblehead. Oh, okay. And a host bobblehead with like 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 two like on a stand with like the pyramid or something like that.
1: Yeah. That would be fun. That's um, fun. Now I, I thought of another idea. What if we take our, our two favorite catchphrases? Ruin which me are History Daddy. Ruin Me History Daddy and Words Are Thought Fossils. And we take the original audio of of us saying those. And we turned that into NFTs, everyone's favorite thing, NFTs. Yeah, I think there's a bright future for those. Bright future. I'm, I'm, this is one of those things where like, People are gonna think, "Wow, you must have recorded this way in advance to be still mentioning NFTs." I hope that's what people think. You know what I mean? I hope that people are like, "Wow, a joke about NFTs? That's so you know, two months ago or whatever." Like,
0: I hope they don't know that we are recording this on the hilarious day when like the crypto market, which was an absolute joke the entire time, is just completely yeah. collapsing. Completely in on collapsing. Itself.
1: It's a delight. all my apes gone. Yeah. Yeah. all my apes gone. Oh, well. But this is probably not aliens. (laughs) Hey, folks, this is a podcast.
0: It's probably not aliens. It's a podcast where we debunk ancient aliens, ancient astronauts and pseudo-history, pseudo-archaeology.
1: Yeah. But today we're not doing that. Well, I guess I still, I guess my introduction is still the same, right? I'm Scott. I know nothing. I didn't really research any of these these questions we're about to answer. I'm Tristan, and I also know nothing. So this is an all-know-nothing
0: episode, which is different from the Anunnaki one where we both knew something. So it's gonna be yeah. like the, it's it's the reverse of the anti
1: Anunnaki video. It's the no, the know nothing special. We asked you last week with just a couple days in uh, to prepare to send us questions over at ProbsNotAliens.com. I'm gonna leave that that whole questionnaire open. It's not a questionnaire, but you know, it's I'm gonna leave that Google form open for any future question episodes. So you can still do that. ProbsNotAliens.com. scroll all the way to the bottom. And uh, there's a little thing that says, you know, Q&A, ask us something. It's the little machine where you put questions in and content comes out. That's exactly right. And uh, with only a couple days notice, you all sent in a good amount of questions. One second. I think my cats are acting up. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on one second.
0: Anybody listening to the podcast right now? Scott's gone. Chaos reigns. Chaos Reigns! What happened? Nothing, nothing. Oh, okay.
1: Am I going to hear something in the edit?
0: No. uh, Just put it in the podcast without
1: listening to it, uh, and
0: then we'll just go from there.
1: Okay, sounds good. I trust you. I think we should start with this question from Aiden. Start at the very beginning. Aiden asks... How did you two both get in contact with each other? Have you guys ever met up in person or planned to in the future? Uh, This is a fun story. Yeah. This is
0: how we met the story. The origin of it all. Yeah, I I guess like um, the the thing that the secret is that, um, yes, we have met each other a couple of times, um, both times at VidCon. And the person that you have to thank for this podcast's existence is actually... Uh, a kind of obscure YouTuber. You probably don't <laughs> know her. She's a little. Little indie creator by the name of Abigail Thorne, who runs a YouTube Uh channel called uh, Philosophy Tube. Up and comer,
1: I would say. Up and comer. I see
0: big things in our future.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, me and uh, Abigail have worked on some videos in the past on each other's channels. And so we were a little bit acquainted with one another. And so when she was going to VidCon that year, I was just like DMing her being like, hey, wanna meet up, chat? You know, where are you? That sort of stuff. And she was like, oh, I'm over here. Come meet me over here. And uh, by the time that I got there... I see a, 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 gen, a bearded gentleman. I don't actually remember if you had a beard at the time, but yeah. I, my, mem- my memory of you is always with a beard. So yeah, I, I saw this bearded gentleman who was also there and uh, we just got to chit-chatting, right? I can't even remember what all we talked about, but we hung out for at least a, for a very good portion of the day.
0: Yeah, if I remember correctly. So uh, first, I know Abigail through another mutual uh, friend, another indie creator by the name of Natalie Wynn. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I, I, I had met up with Abby at the time and we were like, we were just kind of hanging out. Cause this is like shortly before philosophy tube, like hockey pucked into the sky. Yeah. Like probably like maybe a good, like six months before that really took off. Yes. And, uh, we were to meet up because we were just at VidCon and we were bored and we wanted to hang out and. Um, we, just, we we're gonna do the floor like the the, the chaotic the, the chaotic yeah. Uh, floor yeah and uh, so, and yeah all you fans
1: were... everywhere it like it's a, it's it's unimaginable to me now that in a in a. It, after the couple of years that we've all as a society lived through, like VidCon as a concept. The floor area is something that I could not, I can't even like prepare myself for again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I recall we like got lunch because we went to this place that was called like uh, Philosophy with an F because it was a falafel place. Yes, I forgot We took about a picture that. of Abigail with the, with the thing. Um, And then yeah, we kind of just hung out outside. Uh, I think some like men's rights activist yelled at us for a bit. (laughs) um, Sure did. And then uh, I think we did the floor. I think I remember. I remember we took a break and hung out at like a giant mattress that was run by like a mattress company or something.
1: (laughs) That was fun too because I think we were all speculating like, gosh, how much. Awful, gross stuff. Just from just from existing on this floor with thousands of people also taking breaks on this thing. Like these mattresses must be disgusting by now. Mm-hmm. And then
0: the next year, we met up again at VidCon and we went to Denny's and yeah. uh, we just kind of hung out and, and we did. And
1: then yeah, we vibed. We kept in touch on Twitter. We were in, helped each other with videos. I've you've helped me a lot with with just history research, even when you're not in a video. Yeah, like, we, we did. Done- we
0: did the Superman nuclear bomb video together, which yes. was really fun. And then for a couple of videos after that, you had reached out to me to do some history help with. Uh, yeah, I think
1: ghost writing script stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is fun. We have, and as we like, kind of did stuff together, we realized that we had a really, really good working relationship. Our skills complement each other really well. You've got... The twenty in charisma. I've got. <laughs> I don't know the the twenty in history checks. Uh, absolutely. Like every time we worked on something together, we really really liked what came out of it, and so
1: absolutely. It was uh. It was everything that we've made together. I think I've I've been I've been very proud of, and it's always just fun. That's that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. It's always just fun. So that's the history, I guess. Right. That's the story. That's the story of us. Well, actually,
0: that's the official story. The actual story is that uh, the military... Uh, needed to create a disinformation campaign mm-hmm. uh, via podcast in order to keep people off the trail of the UAE phenomenon that was happening in 2020. That's true. So uh, in order to get people distracted from the closeness that they came to revealing that extraterrestrials are indeed real, that they did indeed show up in our past, and that Eric von Daniken is just 100% correct. Albeit, this is the weird part, is that he doesn't actually have any insider knowledge. He just 100% guessed. He just, he
1: just get. That's the wildest thing he just guessed and I guess statistically someone had to get it right but he was the stuff that contradicts the other stuff which I thought was really interesting I thought we we were gonna throw them for a loop there for a little bit but Eric nailed it it was so weird Mm -hmm. so
0: it's probably not aliens is a disinformation campaign yeah um, done by the CIA uh, and the military and the FBI and um, the KGB why not
1: yeah and we're answering that question because genuinely truthfully at least a handful all of the questions that we did get on this Google form were things like that. Um, <laughs> they were all in fun, but like people are curious. And so when you ask us a question, we have to tell you the truth. And Tristan mm-hmm. just told you all of the di- the dirty, nasty truth that is this podcast. And
0: you know it's true because uh, we edited it and put it in the podcast for public consumption.
1: All right. What do you want to answer next? Do you want to... I picked that one. I don't know if you have one. I think
0: that this one would be fun, which is uh, asking us what... uh, It's from uh, Amit, who wants to know what conspiracies do we actually believe in? Oh, that's good. I think this would be a pretty good one.
1: So I know... Was it you... I think you said that you're going to do a video on JFK at some point.
0: Yes, uh next year is the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John F Kennedy. Uh I am going to make a video uh on that topic because I believe in the nonsense conspiracy theory that he was killed by Lee Harvey Oswald.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I will say for a very long time growing up for sure I believed that there was at least some sort of second shooter. I don't know if I, be- I believe the the full depth of of everyone doing this big conspiracy theory of like, oh, Oswald was, you know, set up or, or whatever. The, the depth that I went to as like a high schooler who was just like, oh, I don't know, man, was literally just like, oh, there might have been a second guy shooting. I don't know. I don't believe that anymore. But... For a really long time, to po- portion of my life, that's that was the one I believed in.
0: My general theory is that a lot of weird stuff can happen in uh, when you're like when you hyper analyze a period of time that's measured in like a few seconds i.e. like the time in between like the first and second shot and they're like oh a magic bullet and like, like you hyperanalyze anything it's going to look really weird and uncharacteristic but um, more so is that um, like everyone's like oh why is the government keeping it under wraps and all that kind of stuff and I would just say that mm-hmm. the reason that I suspect the conspiracy is that, that the report that the FBI or CIA or whoever was in charge of this one the results of the report were two had two major sections of it that I imagine that they do not want to keep under they do not want Publicly consumed. One, they probably had a big section that was a step by step description about how one guy with a rifle could assassinate the President of the United States, uh, getting through all of their security measures.
1: Probably not great. Uh,
0: The second is that um, Lee Harvey Oswald had some contacts with uh, Cuba and probably to figure out whether or not the Cubans uh, orchestrated this attack, they probably had to collect a bunch of reports and intelligence from spies, uh, U.S. spies that were located in Cuba, which means that it was probably laden with um, stuff that if was made public, the Cubans even today could probably use to Root back to sort of the intelligence operation that the U.S. has going on in Cuba right now. That mm-hmm. would be my guesses for those two things. But I, that 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 feels like a cop out. Like that's like that's like asking my greatest weakness. My greatest weakness is that I, I care too much and that I work too hard.
1: <laughs> um, right.
0: Yeah. Actual conspiracy theories that I believe in. I don't. Okay, so like conspiracy theories, as you like think of them, where like I hold this conclusion that sort of is self-referentially true and that nothing can really convince me to change it. There's not a lot. There yeah. are things that people consider conspiracy theories. I think I said this once in our episode on cattle mutilations, that uh-huh. there are some conspiracy theories that if uh, the fullness of time we turn turn out to be real, I would not be surprised. And there are some things, There there is one conspiracy theory that I full out believe, but for the sake of, for the sake of like doing due diligence and like that there's no like positive solid evidence that says it. I cannot like 100% say that I think it's true, but I'm like pretty convinced it's true. And that's that the FBI killed MLK. Yeah. Um, that 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 one is probably the closest, uh, but I have some other ones, which is, this is gonna make me sound like the worst. And like, trust me, these are not things that I like legitimately believe, but I like am, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, one is that I do think that you the u s has as part of their clandestine uh, efforts something that makes people get cancer. Because there was this period in around 2011 or so where uh, three major Western Hemisphere leaders who might have represented uh, their countries going in ways that the U.S. didn't want got cancer and died very suddenly. Mm. Uh, Those three people being um, Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Uh, The other one being now, I think uh, I don't remember what her name is, but she was the president of Argentina. Uh, She didn't die though, but she did get cancer around that same time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the third Uh, and this will make all the Canadians happy, was Jack Layton, who was the leader of the New Democratic Party in Canada, which is the Canadian like Social Democrat Party. Like in Canada, uh, what I think would be considered like the Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrats and the Hillary Clinton wing of the Democrats are two separate parties. And this would be like kind of like the Bernie Sanders one. Mm -hmm. Uh, He looked like he might have been in striking distance of winning an election in 2011. And then he got prostate cancer and died shortly after the election. Uh, And he sort of got prostate cancer recovered, ran for office, then his cancer came back and he died Like later that same year. Um, and the conservatives won the election instead. But I I, like that seem like the reason why I believe this is like it seems to me that first of all the U.S. invests so much money in military research and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that if they had some sort of substance that if they could get somebody to give it to them would give them a high chance of getting a cancer that doesn't look weird that seems like a thing that the U.S. would develop and would use on basically every major
1: left-wing leader in the world look man we already got it it's our dang it's these dang phones everyone's carrying around it's giving us cancer all the day all the time you know Radio mm-hmm. waves and, and and to satellites and 5G. It's you're looking for it. Look in your pocket is what I say. Yeah, it's that.
0: That's like the closest one to like one that I actually believe or that I would actually come close to believing Um, or more like, you know, people get cancer all the time and I don't want to like make connections where there aren't any. But it was a little weird that a bunch of left wing leaders all got cancer at the same time. But, you know, coincidences do happen. It would just be like if it turns out in 20 years, we find out that the U.S. can give people cancer and that they gave it to those three people specifically.
1: I would wouldn't surprise me at all. I would say just to round out this section, I really do don't think I believe. <laughs> this is the thing, right? I don't think I believe in any conspiracy theories because they're not conspiracies to me; they're real. Um, but no, I I did look, I did do a Google search of conspiracy theories just to see if I could refresh my memory, and um, this is going to prove incredibly useful in a future video of mine. But I fully forgot the very real conspiracy theory. Do you know this one? That Disney, the company created the movie frozen to hack google's to like art to naturally not artificially to very naturally hack google's search algorithm so that when you type in disney frozen it doesn't come up with the thing about his head or whatever it comes up with the movie disney frozen
0: (laughs) that is amazing
1: because
0: first of all disney doing keyword stuffing uh to yeah. get rid of <laughs> negative press is that's a common thing that pr firms Pro do
1: influencer move yeah
0: and they could even just have the movie go forward and they could have just like changed the name like then all it was was the name of the movie and frozen is kind of a weird name for the movie and like naughty e- like 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 if you think about it like like if you didn't know what frozen is mm-hmm. it's like it's based on like a hans christian anderson story right called like the the ice queen or something like that. Yeah, I think so. And like the ice queen would be like a more logical name for the movie, but frozen, like,
1: Oh mm, yeah, that is
0: a good one. That is, that is good.
1: Assuming that it's true. It's probably not, but assuming that it's true, whether they did that to, hide the fact that they definitely did freeze Walt Disney in some capacity or just to, to stop <laughs> to stop those rumors from being spread because they didn't you know and they're just like look if anyone's just Disney frozen we just want them to find literally anything else than this really annoying rumor you know like who knows but I just think that's a very fun <laughs> a very fun conspiracy If it's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. I've done so much research over the past month about Google's, how Google's algorithm works. So I can tell you that this is almost certainly not true. Uh, I don't think it would work the way that people would want, but um, I don't know. Anything's, Anything's possible. Anything's possible. What I think think is interesting
0: on that on that last point, though, is that um, it's interesting because like I read this article about how um, Google is like Google's ubiquity is almost making it useless as a search engine because everybody designs their websites specifically for the purpose of ranking on google like they do so much like as i was mentioning keyword stuffing and like all these various things and everybody like there are yeah. like an entire class of people who who do search engine optimization is what it's called where they study google's algorithm and they study its changes and its evolution specifically to uh change the design of websites to rank higher and so that the results of many searches are just who best optimize their site and not necessarily what's the best result and in yeah. a way Way, Google being the default search engine resulted in Google itself becoming less useful as a search engine <laughs> yeah and well that's the other thing
1: that too not to get I feel like we're <laughs> we're,
0: we're going've off uh, we veered off,
1: off the question but like not to get too into it but like also it's important to remember that Google is not it's not it's not really a search engine it's an advertising platform and so like yes you can search stuff and try to get stuff but a lot of the stuff that's going to come up to the top is a lot of the people who have paid Google to come up to the top as well. so. I don't know. There, there's just a lot to consider in there. You're not going to necessarily get the most accurate answers, but you might get, you know, to whatever question you search, but you might get the ones that have optimized and paid Google the most to get there. That's why I only use Bing and AltaVista. Anyway, should we answer? we should answer another question? Yes, you pick the next one. Here's a fun one. We got into some deep territory that's a little uh, you know, maybe a little heavier, but here's a fun question. Uh, this is asked by Ash. Ash asks, uh, what's the weirdest alien concept you heard? I'm talking completely out of the blue, off the wall, weird concept of what an alien could be. Now, I like this question because I think in the past, uh, we've definitely talked about how if we ever discover aliens, it will be... Almost certainly, something so wildly different from any kind of life that we have here on Earth, uh, to the point where we might even have to redefine what life even means. So, with that in mind, Tristan, do you have what's your wackiest alien concept?
0: Okay, uh, there's uh, two that really stick out in my head. Uh, both examples come from. Fiction, Yeah. Uh, obviously. The I was, was going to say, like, are there, do you have other examples that don't come from fiction? So one is, I believe, from a short story that I haven't read but I've heard about, which is that uh, it was about alien life that lives on the surface of a neutron star, which is sort of the dead remnant of an ancient star that is, like, made of some of the densest material ever uh, that, that can exist, just purely packed, mm. densely packed neutrons. And because of that, that time dilation may, means that they um, ev- like that they basically the time moves like way faster for them than it does on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so they, they are hyper intelligent, but live for like fractions of a second and things like that. Oh, wow! Uh, that I thought was pretty cool. Another one I think also is is not less based in science, but is an HP Lovecraft uh, one, which is, I think, an actual intelligent shade of blue. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard of that, yeah. Um, As for like scientific ones, I think that there's uh, a lot of interesting things about um crystals. I know that oh. this will sound wild, but um, if you think about like some of the definitions of life, right, it is things that have that reproduce and have like a sort of structure. And I have a feeling that like crystalline structures yeah. do reproduce. And uh that if there was some sort of like mineral-based life uh-huh. that is like sort of some configuration of crystalline shape that is able to reproduce and evolve in some fashion i think that would be uh, a, a form of life because because yeah. you know crystals are also made of stuff so they would consume so that is a form of metabolism in a way i think that would be an interesting one uh, I think Stellaris, a video game that I have wasted way too much in, also has an event where you find a species of, of life that uh, sort of are crystals that live in like an asteroid field that sort of communicate uh-huh. via like basically like an electric field or a magnetic field that kind of binds them all together and they sort of harmonize and stuff like that.
1: You know, I, your your ideas were better than where I was going to go. <laughs> no, go. I want to um, hear it. So I, I, I can't remember. if I've talked about this in an episode before, but it doesn't matter. Not everyone listens to every episode uh mass effect the video game i'm a big fan have you played it
0: i've played the first one i have played part of the second one and i kind of stopped because i was told that it has a very disappointing ending the second one I like the the, the game in general and i was like i don't know if i want
1: to play a whole trilogy yeah the trilogy has a bad ending second one's good anyway so that franchise uh has aliens called the hanar who i love you can look them up. I think it's H-A-N-A-R, or maybe there's a second N in there. I don't know. But they're, they basically look like really tall, slender, four-legged jelly blobs. And when I first saw them, like my first immediate reaction was like, this is this is a bad alien design. I don't like this alien design. It doesn't fit in with alien designs I've seen, meaning it's not humanoid. (laughs) You know, I'm so used to seeing humanoid aliens from so many sci-fi things. But I saw the Hanar and I was like, these just look so out of place. And they're not even like wild. Like they're very simple. But I think they're the most interesting and unique uh, aliens in that in that franchise just because they don't feel like they fit in. And it's what I was disappointed by when the franchise went to Andromeda, a completely different galaxy. And I was like, cool, we're going to get, oh, who knows what alien species we're going to see here. The the art team's going to go nuts. Uh, and then we just got humanoid aliens and um, it was boring. So props to whoever designed the Hanar. I like them a lot. And that's what I always think about when I think of... Aliens that are beyond what I could imagine because I always limit myself to just like I don't know h- human, but with but but also looks like a cat or something you know like I don't know Star Trek's uh, typical yeah. roster yeah yeah
0: exactly I think there are Damn. crystal aliens in uh, Star Trek called the Thol- not tholians yes tholians they like oh yeah um they 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 fly around in little triangle ships and build webs yeah classic um, 60s episode called the tholian web
1: classic. which probably means that
0: the best that's best to dovetail into the star trek uh question that we got oh which, yeah uh so it says tristan seems to also be a star trek fan this is a uh, grotesque understatement <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have been, I've been watching Star Trek with my dad since I was literally a baby and I have been a fan for my entire life. I, I will voraciously consume Star Trek content. So yes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious to hear his thoughts about how much influence ancient astronaut and new age pseudoscience has influenced that franchise in its early days. It's probably one of the biggest franchises to normalize these ideas.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts there? First of all, you like Star Trek. You've heard of this thing. You've heard of Star <laughs> Trek.
0: You like it. Oh, gosh. Uh, yes. Um, so this is a this is a question definitely about like uh, like TOS, the original series for the, the original non-trekkies. Series.
1: Now, I've only seen a couple episodes of the original series. Next, Next Generation was my jam. I loved it a whole lot. But the original series, I don't know. I, I I never I never watched it all the way through. Uh, so the
0: show there is several episodes. Uh, some that are very ridiculous that have ancient aliens concepts in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the ones that come to mind is that there's one where they meet the Greek gods.
1: Oh oh yeah, that fits in ancient astronaut very yeah. very much. All all the gods are basically aliens in ancient astronaut theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have one
0: um, that they go to another planet and find people fighting this war that's been like destroying them for like you know centuries and then they find out that it's like uh, like like it was like the descendants of some Americans and some Soviets that they like brought over and like they're like <laughs> they find like a, this ancient thing that's like the, the American flag and like all this kind of stuff it's wow uh, that's a wild episode and then trying to remember if there's another there's also an episode called Assignment Earth which uh, recently became relevant because they, uh, they brought it back for um, for to explain a character in um star trek picard in the most recent oh, season that aired which is that they have, like some advanced aliens which they then wrote out to be wesley crusher aka uh uh oh, oh that's a spoiler that's a big old spoiler oh um, no but yeah uh will wheaton um and his people are uh kind of trying to navigate or s- protect the flow of time by sending random agents to like watch over important periods of history and like that that feels very oh. ancient aliensy <laughs> That does, also kind of Doctor Who-esque. It was also, if I remember correctly, it was supposed to be uh, if Star Trek had gotten canceled, it was going to be a backdoor pilot for another show that Gene Roddenberry was gonna make. What's Gene up to these
1: days? He's very dead. Oh, well, that's a shame. <laughs> he he died in like the early 90s. No one we went back in time to protect Gene. I see how it is, yeah. Wesley. I see how it is, Mr. Wesley Crusher.
0: Like, because uh, uh, um, apparently obscure science fiction references are part of my thing on this, Um, after Gene Roddenberry died um, he had like a few like you know random speculative like sometimes like things written on the back of a napkin like hey this might be a cool idea for a show Mm -hmm. uh, that he's like had had around and they adapted a few of them into science fiction series that were very um, ungood one was called Earth Final Conflict which was about aliens arriving on Earth Uh called the Talons who I met one of the actors who played the head Talon. Oh. She was very, very patient because I was like 13 and I asked her like a million questions. But... Um... <laughs> She had a panel, and I was the only person who asked any questions. It was very sad. Um, oh, that is really sad, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but it was uh, that that show actually was pretty based, but it, like a lot of it was filmed in Ottawa, and you can like see like because Ottawa's got like this sort of like architecture on the roofs with like copper and stuff. It was very amusing. Uh, the other one was called Andromeda. Oh boy, um, it takes place on the starship Andromeda, where they're tr- okay. where. Um, the spaceship was at the peak of a time of a galactic republic that was on the verge of falling apart. And in this big final battle, uh, the Andromeda gets stuck in a black hole where it's frozen for like a thousand years or like several hundred years or whatever. And then it gets fished out and like the whole like, you know, Federation thing has fallen apart. And then the guy who's running the ship has to bring it back together. But and here's where things get real wild, especially if you think about what he did afterwards. The captain was played by Kevin Sorbo, Oh no. Oh no. Right wing Hercules. Right wing Hercules himself played like a kind of like captain figure and it was just like I refuse to take him seriously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah. Um so yeah, I mean like Gene Roddenberry definitely had uh he definitely took influence from the New Age movement. Um and definitely like well, he didn't like necessarily believe that stuff, but he definitely like you can't unwrite that Star Trek did normalize some of these ideas. Like if you thought we talked about how um, like Von Daniken wrote his books, uh, although, you know, Von Daniken's book came out while Star Trek was airing. So there's that. Right. Um, but uh, Von Daniken wrote his books and that we talked about how um, like ancient aliens have become like a staple in the science fiction genre. And in many ways, like Star Trek is one of the things that Von Daniken's ideas might have moved through in order to uh, build things up. There's you get into like later Star Trek. There's even more ancient alien stuff. Yes. I think in like the next generation, they like have an episode where they literally find out that all of the aliens that are just humans Uh with prosthetics on their foreheads are all uh, descendants of like one alien race called like the I don't remember what they're called anymore, but they like can travel instantaneously through. Through space-time portals and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, well, it's this—it's th- this thing that like we're this this race of aliens went out to explore the 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 universe and found no life basically or like no intelligent life other than themselves and then so they basically they just kept exploring and separating off and and uh effectively became all the different races uh, in Star yeah. Trek.
0: The yeah. episode is rad as hell because it was like it's like a competitive archaeological race between like a group of of Romulans and uh and And uh picard and i'm trying to remember who the third one i think cardassians and like they're all like yeah. trying to like out jive each other to get to the thing and then they find out that the secret was the friends they made along the way and like the, yeah everyone else everyone except for picard's like super disappointed
1: oh and then they they also have this big moral question and i love this about star trek but they, they have this big moral question of like okay we have this information now that basically we're all related we know we know how our different species were created like all of the species in the galaxy we know this now and we have evidence of it but we can't if we share it with everyone it's gonna ruin all religions <laughs> and all beliefs across the universe so i feel like this one's between us gang this one's just you and me know this one
0: also reminds me of another great episode that kind of fits into this too which is um th- by the way this is like one of the most unhinged star trek episodes ever and i cannot tell whether i love or hate this episode deeply Mm -hmm. uh it's an episode of voyager where they come across this species of reptilian humanoids uh and discover through like uh reverse engineering their dna and stuff like that that they are Um, they were basically like a species of hadrosaur on Earth during dinosaur times Mm -hmm. that left before the dinosaur apocalypse. Oh, yeah. And they traveled to the other side of the galaxy and set their society. But the theory that they did this, they left from Earth, is like a fringe theory, and it becomes this whole episode about creationism versus evolution. And, like, (laughs) oh, man, it's... Voyager is very hit or very miss, but its it's misses are at least interesting. I would say there's never a boring (laughs) episode of the show.
1: (laughs) I feel like we got to do an episode that's like a grab bag of of Star Trek ancient aliens sort of crossover stuff. I think just the amount that you could talk about it and the and the fact that my homework would be watching an actually interesting show instead of (laughs) ancient aliens.
0: Oh, man. That would be good. Next next podcast project we do. I mean, it sounds like you've seen some a good amount of Star Trek, but it's just me talking at you about Star Trek for hours. (laughs)
1: Um, I think we have time for maybe like one or two more questions. We, right, I this. think we we really we really <laughs> underestimated yeah how long it would take us to to get through questions. We highlight you guys sent in a bunch of great questions, and we highlighted all the all the good ones. And we are not even close mm-hmm. to getting even to halfway back to this. through them. Yeah, we will have to do more of these episodes. All right.
0: Yeah. So the question here comes from Luke. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. The question is, Tristan. Hi. Uh, what episode <laughs> was the most fun? To research, do you prefer episodes that are more in-depth or more light-hearted ones? Um, okay. Something makes me... Say, okay, most... F- Fun to. I'm gonna answer it in reverse. I think this makes more sense. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So the episodes that I like the most are when I find myself the furthest from where I started.
1: <laughs> I I know that feeling. Like as <laughs> uh, both of us as like YouTubers who d- who dive really in depth about topics. Like that's always extremely exciting for me when I can take something. I mean, it's like making. It's like it's just making connections between things that people didn't think were. Connected in any capacity. And then you draw those lines, being like, actually, this led to this, or this stemmed from this, and like, whoa, I had no idea. So that's very exciting to me. Do you have any sort of examples of what episodes did that? For oh you?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the one that comes to mind as like the one where I found myself the furthest from where I imagined I'd be when I started was the episode we did way, way back was which was on uh, Pumapunku. Oh That was yeah. the one that took pl- that's about Bolivia, where I ended up talking about Evo Morales and the American coup <laughs> and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one was pretty pretty wild. I uh, I I I really enjoyed uh, the research phase of that one. Another thing that I think. Uh, that I like doing is when I uh, jump into a topic where I am very, like, I know nothing about what I'm jumping into when I start, and I get to just learn, like, take a tour through an entire new area uh, before I come back to talk about on the podcast. Uh, One that comes to mind for me on that one is um, the one we did on the Dogon. Oh, Um, that was a
1: good one. Yeah. And
0: then uh, I also love when I get to just go completely off of my uh, topic and go into wild things like I had a lot of fun with the cattle mutilation episodes, which is a weird thing to say, (laughs) Um, but I had a lot of fun. I, I know that I do it too much, but I love the episodes where I go into science and I get to do something really, really different. Um, yeah. And of course, the ones where I come back with like where I find I, I, I get a very good joy when I'm doing research and I come back with a topic where I'm like, it's about something that's big and important. And I am like, oh, I have like there's there's a good there's a good story here. And that always makes me happy. Like when I like feel like, oh, it's the Akhenaten one. That one. that comes to
1: I, I was going to say, yeah, I, I can. I That was my example, too. Like I can I can fully jump off of that. I think probably my f- one of my favorite episodes. I don't want to label anyone as my favorite, but King. Akhenaten I liked a lot because it was a story about a figure pretty much from from the time that they like came to power to their death and then after that and like learning that entire story and how people have taken you know the things that happen after like the erasing from history as like oh they were trying to hide aliens but it's like no there's actually a lot of political and religious sort of things at play here like that sort of stuff was was really interesting and yeah i think i think i mean we both know this like storytelling is is a, a big part of what makes anything interesting humans are huge storytellers we tell stories all the time Uh, Even about mundane things like I, I, anytime uh, I talk to anyone new, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, how was your day? Like, I'm asking for them to tell me a story, you know? So (laughs) I think I think those sorts of things. And of course, the Eric Von Daniken episodes go along with that as well learning the story of these very specific individual people, I think are, are very fun. I like those a lot.
0: I like when we, um, I like the, the topics where I move as fast as possible away from like the point by point debunking and I get to tell something cool. Like I I recently re-listened to, uh, because I was making the YouTube video of the, uh, cranial deformation one. And I was like, body modification that's a thing like that's a thing that we've been doing forever and we've like we've made it abnormal but it's like a super normal thing that like everyone's been doing yeah and, and I'm we like, still do and like we still do it <laughs> yeah and it's like so yeah and, and like those kinds of things where it's like talking about something that um, kind of plays into our um, like kind of like assumptions about the world or assumptions about what uh, what is foreign or what is normal and um, really get to, to, to jump off things absolutely I also just love we
1: have guests. Oh, the guests are the best. Yeah. I've gotten to meet and talk with so many cool folks. There, it, mostly all the guests that you, you've you invited, except I think except for maybe Dale and Kevin. Those might be the two that I've invited. But mm-hmm. I think everyone else was was your friend. So thank you for <laughs> letting me meet some cool folks along the way and introduce our listeners to some cool folks. I got so many more people that I want to bring on. Um, Excellent. Let's. We have so many more questions. You guys sent in so many good questions. We are not going to get to all of them. We will have to do a follow-up. But I do want to end with a really big question. Um, I think it's a big question. I think it's an important question. And I think it's one that maybe people have on their minds but might not be comfortable asking or something. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm reading too much into it. This comes from Tommy. Tommy asks, How's your sex life? (laughs)
0: <laughs> sorry i don't know why that just like was uh-huh. like i just think like hey how's your sex life mm-hmm. you're my favorite customer hi doggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did not hit mm-hmm. it oh boy that's johnny isn't it that's uh, is it john yeah yeah it's another movie fact i got it wrong there we go
1: you i can't believe it i was following youtube because it's tommy wiseau is the main yeah, real that's the person's IQ, name yeah, yeah. Anyway, that is, if you don't know the room, then you will not understand the last 30 seconds of this podcast. Um, this question comes from Tommy. Maybe Wiseau. We don't know. Do it in the Wiseau voice now. Um, <laughs> you've, you've kind of, uh, you walked yourself into that one. All right. I do not do a good Tommy Wiseau voice. But presumably Tommy Wiseau asks. Do you? <laughs>
0: That is the most humor per syllable you've ever done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it's okay to watch ancient aliens for for entertainment purposes. (laughs) Okay, uh, that was Christopher Walken. (laughs) I I don't know what I was trying to do. Do you think the question is, do you think it's okay to watch ancient aliens for entertainment purposes? I think this is something that we we get to. I feel like as the show goes on, we've been incredibly, increasingly harsh on History Channel and I don't want to cut them any slack, right? They're they're still airing this show that spreads misinformation, but I think I think this question is is a valid question. I think people watch this show just because it's, f- it's just because they find it fun, not necessarily because they believe in it. So what are your thoughts? What's the ethical Tr- Tristan? Give me the cut and dry. What's the ethical thing to do? And uh, objectively ethical. Right. I don't want it. I don't want anyone to refute you in any capacity.
0: Uh, I mean, my I mean, like we've kind of been like having this conversation uh, in the public for the last few years, like do you consume media that was made by problematic people that have problematic elements in it? Yeah. Uh, And my answer to that as somebody who is a historian who had to, you know, um, read the blogs of like actual neo-Nazis as part of my work um, like not for entertainment purposes, but, uh, there are like, yeah, I think, I think it's f- short answer. Yes. Go for it. Um, mm-hmm. just like, you know, if you're aware of what you're getting into, sure. You know, go with the gods. It's, um, uh, it's a great show to watch, uh, while you are, uh, ingesting, um, glaucoma medication. Um, <laughs> sure. And it is like it's genuinely like like, you know, uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos is very memeable. Um, yes. The topics are wild and it's really fun to think of what people come up with, um, even though, yeah, you know that like it um, it exoticizes uh, indigenous peoples. It uh, has a lot of roundabout ties to esoteric fascist uh, ideas or at, the, at worst, uh, you know, and some like, you know, very racially problematic um, yeah, takes it best. but the thing is uh, there is that if you're going to only consume media for entertainment that sort of lives up, to- to uh, all of the ideals that society puts forward, you are, one, going to have a very short list of things to watch. Yeah. And two, it's going to be a moving target. Anything that is more than, like, a decade old. Like, I recently rewatched Parks and Recreation, and that show has aged like milk. Oh, um, no. it, is, it is an absolute... I felt like
1: it would, yeah. Yeah. That's a bummer.
0: Um, and, it's, it, and the thing is, like, there are things that are genuinely great that are made by terrible people. I love the book Ender's Game. And Ender's Game is objectively written by a horrible person.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, Orson Scott Card, if you're listening to this, you've just been called out. Yeah, what's Orson up to these days? Uh, writing f- novels about a fictional civil war in which evil liberals ha- are at war with God-fearing good Republicans. And God, that's dang. not even a joke. Oh, um, man. It's, it's, it's um, yeah, like, this, this thing is like, like, the only thing that I would say to kind of put a caveat on that is be aware and know that know that when you're, you know, eating a Big Mac to maybe go for a run later, you know, like it's fine. Big Macs are tasty. Yeah. But just know that, first of all, you're not getting facts out of this. And sometimes that can be a real problem, because when you consume something that is false but is portrayed as facts, you might internalize it as a fact without even being aware that you're doing that. And it might Mm. come up later. So uh, in many ways, I would say that be aware that what you're watching is not true. And if if you can, um, if you're curious about something, research the real stuff so that you don't
1: accidentally imprint on that later. Yeah. I mean, if you're just watching it for fun because you know that it's sort of bogus and you're just trying to get a laugh out of it. I think that's fine. I watch so many YouTube commentary channels that just watch, like they themselves watch really awful, cringy TikToks about like alpha males or whatever, like things that absolutely don't exist and are just, you know, just absolute clowns of people. Um, But those commentary channels watch it with, with the, knowledge that like they're not doing it because they're genuinely trying to listen to you know how to become a more of an alpha male right they're they're doing it because they want to they want to poke fun at it they want to they think it's silly they almost want to you know and in a way like you know try and debunk some of it But like, you don't have to, if you don't have to debunk or research anything, if you in watching ancient aliens, if you're just watching it, like, I don't want to give people homework, (laughs) right? If you're just watching it because you think it's fun and you know that it's bogus going into it, then I think that's probably fine. If the question is like, is it ethical to, to watch it knowing that it supports, you know, that me watching it is supporting more seasons of this being made and potentially more people being bamboozled you know and causing more harm that's a that's an enormous question that i do not have the answer to like even right now i feel like we've all over the past couple of years have been witnessing stuff like jk rowling who is a huge transphobe uh with awful ideas and awful thoughts and people are still thinking like well, can I separate the art from the artist? Can I still go see this new Fantastic Beasts movie? Can I play this new Harry Potter game? You know, but, oh, no, but that supports her if you do those things. I'm not a Harry Potter person. I've never read the books, okay? I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I have no love for J.K. Rowling or that, or the Harry Potter world. I don't know where you stand on any of that, Tristan.
0: I have read all of the books a single time, and I was, you know, I was more of a fan when I was in high school. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah the whole J.K. Rowling thing does like you know it it had like there's there was a time and this is wild in modern day where there was a thought that the reason why the millennial generation is so much more um, like uh, aware of social issues and stuff like that is because we read Harry Potter growing up And, and like i don't i don't really know if i believe that as a reason but um so. but like there are people and i think that like there are people where harry potter there are trans people that i have like i've talked to yeah. where harry potter was like a big part of them learning to accept who they are and embracing you know the person that they've become and then to watch jk rowling does it it does it does hurt it a little bit and this is where and and so now uh i can't really consume harry potter media without uh, just being reminded of that but right that's just me a person i always kind of like you know don't think too much about like oh you're supporting their work because your individual contribution is very very small and
1: there are ways to consume media that don't involve giving them money um I I hold I I apply a noise gate to all of our audio, so I we'll see if that noise gate allowed us to be legally okay with what you just whispered just now. Yeah, about, like use
0: bookstores, for example, for as example, a way that you
1: could uh libraries. You could, yeah.
0: Libraries. Yeah, there are uh, plenty of ways that you can consume media that don't involve giving money to the person who made them.
1: Yeah, look, I'm I I, I can't pretend I've like researched every side of of this, you know, every angle of this sort of big, big, enormous question. Because, like, I agree, like, I don't necessarily believe in the power of, like, quote unquote, voting with your wallet necessarily, just because I feel like I don't think individual contributions help too, too much with with that. But again, that's just my own personal thought. I'm certainly not going to see any Harry Potter movies because the new ones are boring anyway. They're terrible. I watched the... The one that came out before this newest one um, is absolute garbage. I don't know why anyone would want to watch the, any more Harry Potter stuff. But again, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I, I, it's so easy for me to give up Harry Potter because I never, I never had it. You know, I, I, it's easy for me to give up on something that I didn't ever care about. Really, mm-hmm. and I, this is—I don't mean to turn this into a specifically a Harry Potter thing. That's steering way far. It's away a good from the example question. for what we're
0: talking about. For, yeah. it's the same kind of question that, uh, but it's being applied in
1: one that a lot more people are talking about. Yeah. And so, so like Tommy Wiseau, to answer your question, do we think, do Tristan and I specifically think that it's okay to watch ancient aliens for entertainment purposes? The question is not how's the most ethical way to do, to consume the show. If any, I personally think it, as long as you know what you're getting yourself into and you know that there are a bunch of hucksters and it can get into some really racist territory and some just lies, just straight up lies. Uh, if you're just watching it for a goof, for a goof and a gaff, I think you're fine. I don't, I don't think any one person watching it on History Channel is, is the reason why the show keeps going. <laughs> No, but, you know, uh,
0: do to keep your eyes open for 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 good content. And yeah, just know that, you know, I always suspect that in 100 years, uh, our current society is going to look monstrous because we eat meat like we consume animal flesh. Uh, and I, I'm not even a vegan right now. That's just like I think that, you know, yeah. in 100 years, uh, we're going to look back on this time and just think like, holy crap, I can't believe we did that. Just know, like it's a moving target. And that, yeah, if yeah. you, you want to keep absolutely. um <laughs> Worlds complicated, worlds full of problematic stuff. And also just be aware that you could accidentally be ingesting stuff. That yeah. uh, that if you don't consciously sort of file it away as false, you might unconsciously absorb into your knowledge base. And that's sort of the the mere exposure
1: effect, I guess, answer to. Yeah. I, if, I, if, if only there was like a resource that people could, I don't know, listen to? That feels maybe, maybe listen to that could... Take some of these ancient astronaut theories and shed some light on on the real world history of people and cultures and civilizations and... If only there was like a a show, a, like a radio show for that. Um Unfortunately in there internet, isn't. Um, an internet um, an internet so show. No, no, the there audio. isn't. Mm.
0: Unfortunately, this podcast is actually called It's Probably Not Lupus, in which we are rewatching the show House MD, episode by episode. Gotta love what a wacky boy that house.
1: Uh no, but of course we're of course I Tristan, I forgot we're recording something right now.
0: Oh, this is there's a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. The other podcast that we do about ancient aliens. That one might actually be good for or, oh my
1: um, gosh that would be perfect actually yeah, that's true. Uh, you can you can stay subscribed to this podcast or get subscribed if you're not already uh, on any podcast platform I would love that so much uh, and it would be very helpful and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at probs not aliens, and once again ProbsNotAliens.com for the for the link send in more questions we want to do more of these episodes it's not going to be it's not going to be like an every other week sort of thing but you know maybe once every couple of months I think That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Where can people find more of you and listen to more of you and your voice and your (laughs) face? Uh, I do have
0: a YouTube channel called Step Back. My latest video is on um, the Oklahoma City bombing, and I'm working right now on a video on um, Russia and Vladimir Putin and all that kind of fun, upbeat stuff. So you can find all that at stepbackhistory.com. How about you, Scott? If somebody were to wanting to get in sync with their nerdy side.
1: That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I have a I'm a YouTuber as well. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Nerd Sync. N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. It's a home improvement channel. (laughs) Yeah, it's all about it's everything in the kitchen sink of nerdiness. No, Uh, I make video essays about dorky stuff. Geek, geek shit. You know it. You love it. Comics, cartoons, anything that interests me. I'm trying to allow myself to make bad videos this year. So I don't know if that's a good selling point. You're doing a bad job subscri- because I'm you just keep a, making good videos. I know. I, I got to get worse at it. Uh, go check that out and follow us on Twitter, I guess, individually. We don't plug that as much. But yeah, at Scott Nice Wonder, at Tristan PJ.
0: But until next time, question. Hmm. The truth is out there? Answer. Hmm. Probably.
1: That was good. What's the Daily Double?